Season two, baby. Our words are going to transport that sweet, sweet vessel of yours to a new dimension. A dimension of self-discovery, of love, faith, sports, and everything in between. Let's run it back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Figure It Out with James Monty and Cal Maxwell. People have got to be better, and it starts right here. It is time to tackle life's toughest questions. On this week's episode, we discuss how anxiety can affect relationships with engaged man Clay Long. You are listening live, ladies and gentlemen, to probably a few days ago to the Figure It Out podcast with James Monty and myself, Cal Maxwell. We are in season two. James, how are we doing today, bro? We're back on that same inconsistent schedule coming out to you every Tuesday. We apologize for that. Um, we'll be back on the normal shej every Monday. Um, but if you're like me out there, uh, raise your hand if you if you pick the Buccaneers to win and be honest with me. I didn't think so. Yep. Lost, uh, lost a good amount of money on that one last night, so that's not great, but here we are. And you know what? You know what's even worse on top of all of that? Mm. It's dry February. It is dry February. That's the problem. So, guys, if you notice, we haven't done any bottom shelf briefings this season yet, um, partly because we're doing a dry February. Yep. So, uh, James, tell them about that kind of show we're going to have to catch up towards the end of this season. We're going to have to tip the scales to balance ourselves back out in March. So we're going to be coming at you after this mental health series with a very, very, very soggy episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably just going to get into it, um, just throw a couple shots back of some more bottom shelf stuff and just keep going, keep recording until we just can't record anymore. Gosh, I love that. I'm really excited for that. That's going to be awesome. But in the meantime, um, and on a, on a flip side of that, we are talking uh, and continuing to talk about our, our kind of restoration series as we go through talking about mental health and, and focusing on ourselves and how we can better ourselves. Um, and I'm really excited for the episode that we've got today because we've got a longtime friend coming on the show to talk about uh, his experience with anxiety um, as well. And I think it's gonna be a great show. James, uh, why don't you introduce him? Yeah, we had a uh, real quick, we had Daddy on last week for those of you. Um, that don't remember, and he kind of touched on, you know, the, the individual side of uh, mental health and anxiety. Um, and bringing on this next guest, we kind of wanted to tackle his individual story as long as what it takes um, in, a, in a relationship and as far as how mental health ref- affects that. Um, so without further ado, our next guest, Clay Long, he's been our roommate now for almost two years, mm-hmm. known him for about six years. If you knew him at NC State, you probably knew he was the president of sport management. Um, there it is. I was proudly, on that. Yep, proudly say that. Um, he's been waiting in the in the wings for this, um, saying, "When can I be on an episode?" And we were waiting for that perfect time, and I think that perfect time is now, ladies and gentlemen, Clay Long. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and also just to add on to that, he's got one of the firmest handshakes you will ever experience in your Good life. Good lord, it'll knock you back in your seat. Yeah, it that really is a well-known like- fact. Well, not a bad character for sure. Well, Clay, thanks so much for joining us on the show today, man. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. All right, everybody. Uh, To get you started out, kind of same thing. Uh, Introduce everybody like this, but tell me a little bit about what mental health, uh, what does that look like for you? Mental health is really important to me and, you know, should be important to a lot of people just because it, it definitely can control your life in multitude of ways. You know, I mean, I've been 
trying I've gone through some stuff mental health wise and so it's important to keep that in mind when you're when you're going throughout life and going through these struggles especially during covid time so mental health means means a good deal to me yeah absolutely uh and clay you've got a great story i'm really excited for you to share um and, and as james touched on we were going to kind of talk about how uh the mental health struggles that you've had have um been anxiety based and really affected relationships in the past so kind of tell us that story and what that anxiety looked like in your life and in that relationship yeah so I am a very just insecure person, I guess. I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in myself, I should say. And so when my first relationship, serious relationship happened in high school, uh, I was dating someone in high school. We were friends for a year before we started dating. And right when we announced or made it official between the two of us that we would start dating, the next day I got to school, I was just panicked. I was like having a huge anxiety attack. Like I was like hot. I was having hot flashes and I got to school and I just chucked up everything I ate for breakfast. Mm. And it was really, I believe it was cereal. Not sure what kind of cereal. It was a couple years ago, but it was some sort of cereal with some OJ. So it could have also been a bad mix of the two. You know, you're not supposed to milk. You're not supposed to mix milk and OJ together, you know? So, um, but anyway, so it was a it was a really bad situation. You know, I was in this relationship and I really liked this girl, but I was just so anxious about messing it up. I was I did not have confidence in myself that I was, you know, going to be good enough for her or going to be the best boyfriend. You know, it was my first ever relationship. I had never experienced anything like a relationship before and and uh, especially coming from a friend who had, I had been friends with for a year plus before we started dating. And so, um, we go throughout the relationship and I keep having the problems. I mean, I literally could not keep any food down when I would be around her. Like we would eat and, uh, later just me being anxious and me stirring up the thoughts of the previous times that I had gotten sick, I would, you know, throw up again. And so it became this really big issue where I lost like 30 pounds or something like that, 25 to 30 pounds and got really skinny junior year of high school. Uh, went to the doctor to see if it was anything, you know, internally that was causing me to get sick. And, you know, they did a, I don't even know what the technical term is, but essentially they knocked me out and put a tube down my throat to kind of see if there was anything wrong in my stomach. There wasn't, came back clear. And eventually, you know, I kind of realized that it was anxiety induced because every time I thought about being around her or every time I thought about the last time that I had gotten sick when I had been with her or every time I just would eat and I wasn't even going to see her, but those thoughts would occur of the previous times that I had gotten sick or had stomach troubles, like it would just happen. And so it was a, it was a crazy scenario and, you know, definitely something that kind of shapes you as a person, uh, going through that. But, um, you know, eventually the relationship ended and the anxiety ended after that. I mean, I had that anxiety pretty much the whole relationship, so probably didn't make for the best relationship, but yeah, it was a pretty crazy time. Now, did you, did you throw up in front of her or like on her? (laughs) No, not on her. Uh, One time I did get sick in front of her, but it was when we were me and her and another friend of ours were supposed to go somewhere and we had eaten pizza. And again, I was super anxious the whole time I was over there and I knew 
in the back of my head, you know, with anxiety, like you try not to think about it, but in the back of your head, it's kind of always there. And so when I was eating the pizza in the back of my head, it was like, I'm, you know, I might get sick again. And sure enough, we walked out and Tommy was rumbling, you know, and all that. And so, but, you know, it was never, there were some close calls, but mm-hmm. it was, it was never uh, on her, luckily. <laughs> Silver lining. Love that. Uh, I, yeah, I exactly. Hate, I hate when your tummy rumbles. Um, right. So let me let me applaud you first off for, for taking that all into consideration in, in your first relationship, being the best, I guess, person or version of yourself you can be for them because I definitely did not take that into account. Um, but let's, let's kind of dive into, I guess, now um, how you and Sid kind of handle um, – mental health and as far as being long-term and, and for those that don't know, um, introduce Sid, your fiance now, and then talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sid and I have been together for almost five years now. We met, uh, freshman year of college and, uh, I proposed to her right before COVID hit the fan and shut everything down. So we were riding high and then COVID shut everything down, but we were fortunate enough to be able to quarantine at the beach together for a couple months. So that was a blessing. But uh, yeah, I mean, right now we're doing distance because she attends grad school at Ohio State. Um, She's a food scientist, a lot smarter than me. I definitely, uh, I uh, married up eventually when I get married, but I definitely, she's, you know, amazing and uh, I love her, but we, uh, it's definitely a struggle, you know, like it, and a lot of people out there I'm sure can relate to long distance relationships. It's not easy, you know, it's never easy, but, uh, I think, I do think right now with the technology that we have in FaceTime makes it a lot easier. You know, we FaceTime pretty much every day. Um, but it, it's definitely tough. Cause it's just one of those things where like you, you want, especially with me being engaged and, you know, she's going to be my wife. I want to be around her all the time, you know, like she's my, best friend. So I want to be around her as much as I possibly can be because there's no one else I want to be around with, you know, for the rest of my life. So it's tough. I mean, you just kind of got to communicate. That's the biggest thing. And you got to, you know, talk about how you're feeling and talk about what it is you're feeling. If, if something upsets you, you know, cause communication via the phone, whether it's texting or phone calls or FaceTime, you know, is not always the best. There's not the best versus uh, talking in person, Uh I should say, you know, in-person communication is always the best. Uh So it's definitely tough, but you know, it's something we've accepted. And luckily we've been together for so long that it hasn't been a struggle. Whereas I'm sure a lot of other people struggle with it. Yeah. And so what, what did you take from that, that first relationship that was so riddled with anxiety and, and struggles on that front? How did you learn from that and how that, I guess, in a way, prepare you for the the current relationship that you're in? That's a great question, man. I mean, so when that first relationship ended, I, the anxiety went away because I was no longer in a relationship. You know, I no longer felt the pressures to be the best boyfriend that I could be. Um, And then I actually had one more relationship before I met Sydney. And the anxiety kind of crept back in that relationship. And so throughout the whole time, that I was going through the first relationship and into my second relationship, I had to literally just kind of do the mind over matter thing. I had to go into the bathroom and just look at myself and go, you are okay. You are fine. You're not going to get sick. Everything is fine. Like 
relax. You know, I, I literally, I, I can vividly remember doing that multiple times and sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't, but I remember multiple times just looking at myself in the mirror and going, you are okay. You're not going to get sick. Life is good. You have nothing to be anxious about. You have nothing to stir up all these emotions about, you know? And so it definitely took time. I mean, I think time was the biggest thing that helped me get more comfortable with, you know, being around significant others and being in relationships and not putting so much pressure on myself to be the best that I could be for that person. And, you know, um, definitely time. And, and, you know, it's like to also, it's like a sports analogy. It's like practice, you know, the more you practice, the better you get at it. So obviously when a first relationship hit, I was a nervous wreck because I wasn't used to what a relationship was and what it meant. And so the second relationship was a little bit better. And then I met Sid and we've been together for so long that, you know, we've kind of gone through all of five years now together, you know, we've gone through everything together. So, you know, it's definitely a, all a lot easier now. And it was a lot easier by the time I got to Sid, but it, it took practice and it took a lot of strength to be able to stop myself from getting to that place where I was before. Mm. I love, I love too how, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, if we, we reflect back on Danny's interview for the last episode, uh, I think a lot of the pressure that was put on him was kind of external, um, you know, talking about, you know, graduating college and, and the environment mm. of COVID and, and the political state of the world, all those many things going on. But yours in a way sounds uh, like it was more internal and, and putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Uh, and, and I just think that's interesting because I think that's something that I definitely relate to a lot. Right. I always am putting pressure on myself. Like, am I doing enough? Am I, you know, the man I need to be, et cetera. And I think that's, that's a great point you make of feeding yourself the truth. Right. And just reminding yourself that you are enough, you are okay. And I I think that's a great point you bring up. Yeah. The internal pressure, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough. Like we as people and, you know, a lot of us put so much internal pressure on ourselves in anything we do. And it's tough to, live up to that pressure, especially if you're also not confident enough in yourself to feel like you can live up to that pressure. Because at the time I definitely wasn't, and I still am I'm not, you know, I'm still not confident in myself sometimes when it comes to those situations. So it's definitely a struggle. Why do you guys do that to yourself? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like, who are we? Who are we trying to fool here? Ain't nobody perfect. I don't care how good they look on the outside. I don't care if it's Michael B. Jordan as your Alexa. Ain't nobody <laughs> perfect yeah. inside and out. I, like, no, who are we trying to fool? And you're right, James. But I know we've talked about this on a show before. One thing that comes to my mind too is talking about wasted potential. I know that's one of our biggest fears, yep. and I think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that sometimes I put so much pressure on myself. is because I like, I want to live into the potential that I believe I have. And so sometimes I'm like, like if I'm not doing this or this or that, like, am I living into my potential? And then I kind of, that pressure starts to mount and it's that internal stress that I put on myself. Um, so really, you know, I think a lot of those negative thoughts come out of a place of fear and and just doubt. Oh yeah. Um, And so that, yeah, that's something I, you know, I continue to work through as well. And I, and I wouldn't say that I struggle with anything that would be diagnosed as anxiety or anything like that. But I definitely, you know, I think we all struggle with anxiety on a basic level, right? Yep. Yeah. I want to add too, I was never officially diagnosed with anxiety either. I just kind of knew that that's what it was because every time I was in that situation and every time I had those thoughts, that's what the way my body would react. And it just, 
I, I think I really relate to what you said, Cal. It was the fear. And I think for me, when specifically talking about the relationships, it was the fear of losing it. I think that's what really what it was. It was the fear of losing the relationship because I really cared about this person. And it was the fear of losing that person and not being able to, you know, be their boyfriend or even friend again, you know, mm -hmm. and that's a lot of pressure. You know, sometimes I still have that fear with Sydney and we've been together for five years and we're engaged, but I still sometimes feel that fear of, you know, am I going to lose her? You know? And so it's tough. Let's, um, let's, let's go back to, to you and Sid. Um, talk, if you could dive in a little more about what you guys do as far as how you handle um, a long-term relationship, what you do to cope with it, maybe some things you do as far as maybe set a schedule to communicate or, or what are some things you guys do? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I will say, I think Sid and I are in a lot better place than maybe some other people because we had been dating for four years almost before she went up to Ohio State. Yep. So we were already super comfortable with each other and we were already super, you know, in a good place to be able to communicate and talk and things like that. You know, whereas some people aren't, some people may only be starting out their relationship as long distance, or some people may have only dated for like three or four months and then moved to distance. And that's a lot harder. So I definitely, you know, Sid and I are, in a, are fortunate enough to have been together for as long as we have before we did distance, but it's definitely about just communicating. I mean, uh, for instance, every time I get in my car to go home from work or to go home from practice or whatever I'm doing, the first person I call is Sid. I just call her to talk to her and, you know, talk to her about how her day's going, talk to her about how work was for me. Like, you know, everybody has that one person that they call if they want to talk to someone while they're on a car ride. And for me, that's always Sid. Uh, and me, I'm a talker anyway, so I like to talk to people I'm on my car ride, but it's always Sid. And I think us talking, you know, sometimes we'll talk just once a day on the phone or FaceTime and some days we'll talk a couple times on the phone or FaceTime, but I think just talking and just, you know, being around each other as much as we can through the phone and just, you know, having that line of communication is really key, you know, and, and I think we both are at a good place right now where we understand we're both going to be busy, you know, with her work. Uh, doing grad school and with me working, you know, we're not always going to be able to talk to each other all the time, but it's still, we still make an effort to make sure we're still talking as much as we can, you know. And uh, do you think that that, that level of communication, which sounds like you guys have a great level of, do you think that has played a role in kind of cutting back some of that fear and some of those maybe anxieties you may have had in the relationship? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, communication is key to any relationship, anxiety and do, you know, if you have anxiety or fear or not, you know, even if you're comfortable in your relationship, communication is still key because communication rules everything. You know, you need to be upfront and honest about how you feel and everything going on. But it definitely, you know, takes away that fear. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about Sid and I's relationship because, you know, I, I proposed to her, you know, she's the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. And so, she has no choice, you know, though. yeah, yeah, ex yeah, exactly. But, uh, I, you know, I think the communication definitely, you know, censors the fear and, you know, I definitely feel way more comfortable, but like I said, sometimes you still have those moments, you know, everybody's going to have those moments. Like James said, we're not perfect. So everybody's going to have those moments where they're, 
they're not confident enough in themselves. And I still have those moments. And, and the difference is, is, you know, sometimes I tell her that, and sometimes she looks at me and tells me I'm an idiot for saying that. And, you know, sometimes that's all I need to hear. You God, know? I love when she does that. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, sometimes, you know, you, someone who you're engaged to, you're going to spend the rest of your life with, who's, you know, your best friend, they're the ones who are supposed to be telling you, you know, straight up, if you're an idiot or not. And like, you know, when I say those things to her, like sometimes I say I'm not confident in myself, whether it's, you know, me, you know, doing something in our relationship, you know, I don't, I would never, but you know, you still have those fears and those anxieties, even as irrational as they are sometimes, you still have those. And so whenever I tell her those, she goes, you're an idiot. Stop talking like that. (laughs) Like, like, you know, she doesn't necessarily call me an idiot, but she does tell me like, you know, you have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to fear. You have no, you don't need to be anxious about it. And sometimes that's all you need to hear. Mm. I, I, you know, one thing I've picked up about Sid, the times that she's been over at our places, she's a straight shooter. So much so that like I'm I'm kind of scared to talk to her at times. I'm we'll call it, we'll call it intimidated. She just has a presence about her. Um, it's super strong. So more power to you for hanging in there, brother. <laughs> yeah, uh, presence. I don't know if I've ever heard Sid described as she has a presence. She's got a but... commanding presence in the room. I can I can Man, sniff it out. I love it. Got it. I love it. But I love, I love too that she, you know, she again is feeding you that truth. You know, James, we talk about feeding that good wolf. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know and, the good wolf. Uh, <laughs> and so I think it's just so important to feed your mind with, you know, the, the truth and that positivity and things. And I, I love that she does that for you as well. Yeah, that's something that everybody needs to have. And I think that helps with anxiety too, is you got to just have someone who can tell you straight up and who can tell you, you know, you're being crazy right now, for lack of a better term, like you're overthinking it, you're freaking out for no reason, you know, and, and you know, she does that for me. And, and I think everybody has people like that. I mean, you guys do that for me sometimes, too. Like mm-hmm. back in college, you guys used to check on me all the time, see how I was doing. And so, you know, like everybody needs some people like that in their lives. And I think the more we can do that for other people, the more, you know, you can help somebody without even knowing it. It takes it takes a clan. And that's exactly what Danny was saying, too, that one of the things that he needed was a community. Um, just somebody mm-hmm. that always was there to talk to. Um, so it was good that that overlap came to fruition. Um, let's see, let's, let's dive into what's something, have you touched on what you can improve in terms of your relation, long distance relationship? I mean, I think the best improvement is just to constantly try and keep bettering yourself, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have said before in this podcast, you know, we're not all perfect. I'm not perfect. Sid's not perfect. And understanding that neither one of us are going to be perfect and understanding that we're all going to have our moments where we're imperfect and we, you know, make a mistake or, you know, say something we shouldn't have said or whatever. And communicating that and talking through that and, you know, listening and, you know, just there's multiple ways to get better, but I think the best is communication and just, you know, communicating when we're, when we're imperfect and communicating, like if Sid does something um, that I didn't like or whatever, just communicating that to her and we talking through that. I mean, I think that's the best and you can never have enough community. Like you can never have too much communication, Mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you brought up some great points in this, Clay. Um, James, you got any uh, any final questions before we wrap up here? 
give me real quick, Clay, if you could just give me a short, almost elevator pitch. What's your, what are your right. give me your elevator pitch to the couples out there? They're in a long-term, long-distance relationship in terms of their mental health and sticking it out. Give it to me. I think the biggest thing I would say is don't overthink it. Like you're in a relationship for a reason. So clearly, you know, you two liked each other enough to be in a relationship. So don't, don't let the distance determine the failure of the relationship, you know, communicate, you know, and just go with it. Like just see where it takes you. I like that. I love that. Love that. Awesome. Well, well, Clay, we can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. Really appreciate it. I think you gave some great um, pointers for those who may be struggling with some anxiety in relationship. Guys, we hope you will listen to this. Let us know your thoughts on this show. But Clay, thanks so much, my brother. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. And uh, I know all these listeners know this, but you two are the best people some of the best people I've ever met in my life. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast can agree. So I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I appreciate you guys and all that you guys do in this podcast and as a friend. You guys are awesome. Love you, buddy. Go eat some Skyline Chili for me. (laughs) Okay. I love that. Well, again, that was a, a great, great interview from Clay. James, what were some of the kind of the key things you took away from that? What a phenomenal guy, first off. Mm -hmm. I mean, gold, really a gold standard in terms of how you should like communicate and treat a woman. You know, I mean, I thought Danny's interview was good, but good lord. <laughs> no, oh. I mean, it, it, one of the one of the biggest uh, keys that I that I took away, and he hammered it home on multiple points, was just communication. And I think that mm-hmm. goes on the forefront of in terms of long distance relationships and in terms of mental well well being. Um, you got to always have people around you to talk to. Like, for, like for me personally, I feel like I need to cocoon up whenever I'm in bad times. Um, but mm-hmm. that's, that just makes it even worse. Um, so when he, when he touched on communication, that, that seemed to be a really strong point. Absolutely. I love that. I thought, thought it was a great interview and really appreciate Clay being on this show. Um, well, James, I'm excited for our next guest. Who we got on? Um, we've got Dr. Gus Vickery. We got a doctor um, on? We've got a doctor. So we're Good really Lord. stepping the game up. Yeah. So really somebody who knows a lot more than we ever will. Uh, I'm really excited for, but I'm really excited for this show because I've always been so fascinated with the way that uh, physical health connects to mental health. Yeah. I I know you and I talk a lot about kind of how when we can't get out and run or exercise or throw football or something, we really kind of struggle sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So when, when I'll keep going. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, when you talk about a doctor, do you mean a doctor, like a, just like a dentist, like Chris Gebby, or you mean an actual doctor? (laughs) No, I mean an actual like certified MD, I'm pretty sure. I'll, okay. I'll get my facts straight before our, our next show when I introduce him. Um, but he's a good friend of my father's. Um, he wrote a book called Authentic Health, which I read, and it really just gave me a lot of insight into how important physical health is in terms of nutrition and sleep um, and rest and things like that. So he's going to come on the show and talk to us about the connection between physical health and mental health. And just some some great um, you know tips for your health as well. So I'm really excited about that one. Also, real real quick, um, not many people know this, but I think we might have a new ad coming soon. So oh, <laughs> something yeah, some stuff. So just yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Are you cooking up something? I might be cooking up something over here. You know what I'm saying? All right, I love it. I love it. Well, guys, if you got any questions for either Clay or for our next guest. 
Dr. Gus Vickery. Slide in the DMs at figured out underscore podcast. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you've been on lately. Um, as always, guys, I know this is may sound a little corny, but if you if you ever, you know, Clay talked about it, Danny talked about it, everybody needs that community that they build, that builds them up, that they build up, that love on each other. If you guys ever need that, reach out to us for real. We're always here for you guys. We want to want to be a light for you guys. Um, so always feel free to reach out to us. Um, because you know why, James? Hmm. We love you. We're thinking about you. We're praying for you. Zippity zoppity. We'll catch you on the flippity flippity floppity.